Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you should give us that five-star review now that we're back at our normal time and day. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so make sure you read the scoring criteria. This is all we do. We just give orders. We say, yeah. you know, give us a five-star review. Read the criteria. Give me your wallet. I like the last one. Yeah. I do like the last one. It's true. I don't need the money. I really just like wallets. You know what? I, I had this thought today. What's that? Because this happened. Uh, I think it was Jamal Pogue's father that was in the crowd, and he took his wallet out immediately after his son was announced. They were saying someone took his wallet. Like, oh, someone took his wallet. I don't know. Oh, but, but why do <laughs> people? Not. Why do people? Because they show of him putting his wallet back into his his pocket. Yeah. And I've noticed. Why does everyone use their back pocket for their wallet? Oh yeah, I, I'm. This phenomena drives me nuts because I, I would never do that. First off, it's not comfortable. Yeah. Why do you want to sit on? I don't. I don't want to sit on a lump. That's not. No, thank you. And number two, I feel like it's much more likely that my wallet falls out of my pocket being sitting on my butt yeah i don't i feel like it's just gonna be forced out it's kind of what's weird to me my uh one time when my dad took me to see jurassic park 1993 right 30 years ago mm-hmm. which crazy 30 years have passed since this movie came out i can't believe it uh <laughs> time be flying but yeah we went to see it in the afternoon went home and my dad realizes oh i lost my wallet oh boy so he has to go back to the movie theater I think it was like while the movie was going on, and like, or maybe he had to wait until it was over or something like that. Oh, and he had geez. to like go. And I think he did get it back. Okay, if I remember right. Oh, that's good. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. There's a good chance he had it in his back pocket. Just no one should do this. If you are, if you're one of those people who puts it in your back pocket, write to the couchside judges and explain why. Yeah. that's another command I'm giving you. Okay, good. I, I would like <laughs> an explanation of why the back pocket. Yeah. Well, that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. To, no, wait. No, we got more stuff to do, don't we? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Let's, Just well, a little bit. I mean, we have to because it's all about the North Jersey folks. Yeah, North Jersey represent it. It was, it was absolutely not about like anyone else because most of the other fights, uh, no one outside of their own little hamlets where they came from pretty much cared. Um, it, it just wasn't that kind of card. The two standouts were Jim Miller and I mean, granted the, the entire fight of uh, Jessica Andrade and local girl. Aaron Blanchfield. Those were the two that stood out for most people coming into this one, whether you lived in New Jersey or not. But, you know, they're from our area. And and we're going to talk about Liv Morgan didn't really represent New Jersey that well. She got eliminated early in the elimination chamber. Oh, she did? Tonight, yeah. Who's that? Wrestler from Elmwood Park. She's from Elmwood Park, too? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, but she she didn't win the title, so. Oh, okay. Not as good. Did not know that. Yeah. How long ago was uh, Elmwood Park... East Patterson. 70s, I think. Was it that long ago? I yeah, know. I think it's a while ago. Now, West Patterson changed to Woodland Park, Woodland Park but more recently. Right? Yeah, in the 2000s. That's right. I could have swore. Okay. All right, that makes more sense. Anyway, in their lifetimes, when was, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about Liv Morgan other than that she's from Elmwood Park, and I guess she's a WWF, WWE yep. wrestler. Yeah, she didn't win. No. No, that's too bad. So that's three things you know now. I do. I know a lot more now. Yep. That's, uh, that's all. We're, we're going to talk more about Elmwood Park throughout this show. Yeah. I mean, probably not. I That's actually much, just about as much as we I got know pizza about towns in Elmwood Park. Is that right? Yeah. 
Is it good? It's pretty good. They got good good heroes. Would so. Would you go there for pizza over like things that are in you know your neck your actual town? No, but if I'm there, I'll get it. It's still good. It's still good pizza. It's not worth going to another town for. I mean, it, it could be. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed if I drove there to get pizza. And Let's make sure we pizza. talk about this at length, because okay. that's what people are here for. Yeah. They really want to know about the pizza from this corner the of North is, Jersey. thing they, they were open late, so <laughs> you would go late night. And so they're op- they're probably just closing now. I, right, whatever. I wonder where Erin Blanchfield gets her pizza. <laughs> Maybe. I, bet, I bet she likes Pizza Town. I will, next time I get the chance to talk to yeah. her, I will ask her if she likes Pizza Town. But let's talk about her. And let's talk about her big zones are deep fried. Go we're on. moving on, sir. <laughs> we're, we're actually going to get away from it this time. Erin Blanchfield surprised the heck out of, I think, everybody. Not the fact that she necessarily won or that if the way she was going to win was going to be by submission over Jessica Andrade. Although I, I admit it definitely surprised me because I thought this was a little too much too soon for her. Not that she couldn't have won it, but I thought maybe give her another year to get ready. But man, her striking. She, was, she was right there. Her chin got tested. That looked good. Her chin was definitely exposed a little bit more uh, than it ought to have. Yeah, there's, there's things to work on. She uh, she landed some good shots, and she was opportune. She got the back and, and said, forget the hooks. I'm just going to choke you. I think the size definitely helped her, especially in that particular mm. area. And the fact that she had a, a bit of a reach advantage there that she could exploit, I think that helped. Mm. She used it well. But nonetheless, it... it it still, I think, exceeded just about everybody's expectations out of her striking. I think all the people who kind of study that at length looked at her fight with J.J. Aldrich last year, and they were very down on what they saw, right? I am curious to see what they think now. I'm sure there's, again, there are things that can be worked on. I think she is most definitely a grappler at heart, but she is such a standout grappler, and now she's actually got some if nothing else adequate striking it it makes her very dangerous in this flyweight division i'm i was very impressed with her she's she's young she's only she's, 23 so she'll be 24 in may her skills are going to are going to i think at least probably the next couple fights are probably going to leap pretty far i was i would striking, think so. so i think and and the thing is too and i'm not saying that if you put her against Valentina, Shev- Valentina Shevchenko, like in this next fight, let's say five months from now, just pull the number out. I'm not saying she would beat Valentina Shevchenko, but I do think one of the best routes to victory against Valentina Shevchenko at 125 would be take her to the ground, get on top, and force her to defend with some really excellent grappling, which is what she has. You know, we saw in the fight with Tyler Santos, which would have been this fight if, if they if Santos hadn't had to pull out last week. It would have been her against uh, Aaron Blanchfield. I think we saw in that fight that, okay, if you can get on top with her and you stay out of trouble, you mind your P's and Q's to a degree, you can definitely do some real... You can take advantage of her down there. I still don't think Tyler Santos won that fight, and there were exchanges on the ground that I don't even think she was winning even from the top but Aaron Blanchfield's a different animal there yeah this uh, I think Blanchfield can beat Shevchenko and the combination with Shevchenko I don't I don't want to say she's at the end of the rope but she's further down the line where that might be you know passing of the guard maybe coming sooner rather than later so I think it would be an interesting fight and they should they should do it right away (laughs) I think it's fascinating obviously there is uh Shevchenko against Alexa Grasso when when Blanchfield made the call out after the fight, she said she wanted the winner of that particular fight. She said afterward at the press conference that, you know, she was shooting for that, but that if it's not available, she would absolutely take another fight in the interim. And I do think that's like a really smart approach, too. 
mm-hmm. because you might as well put it out there. You might as well be bold. You might as well be a little cocksure. And she's definitely uh, sure of herself. I think she's confident. I don't think she's cocky. I think she's just confident. And that's a good approach, I think, with the UFC. And it does. And it doesn't like you're not going to grade on people. If you just say, like, I'm ready for this, I think I'm ready for this, when you just won that way. She's not rubbing it in anyone's face or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But to also be like, yeah, I'll take another fight. Like, she's young. She might as well. Why would you sit on the shelf? Just keep fighting. Yeah. Uh, If if they wanted to do... I I could imagine a scenario where the UFC says, let's just operate on the assumption that Shevchenko is going to beat Alexa Grasso next month, which she may or may not. I don't know, but she's obviously going to be a big favorite for that fight for a good reason. So let's say Shevchenko wins. She's still the champion. I could see a scenario where they do Shevchenko Nunes three, finally at 135, get that super fight done. And in the interim, they have Menno Ferro fight against Aaron Blanchfield. And then you produce an absolute dis- distinctive number one yeah. contender to the flyweight division. Now that does obviously knock one of them out. If it's Aaron Blanchfield, I think that's almost all the better because she's so young that it would be, it, it's hard to imagine she can't just get another win or two under her belt and get back there and be even better for it. But even the same thing could be said for Mano Firo anyway, too. I mean, she's, she's really up there as well. She's done a lot of good work and, and, and put herself in a good position there. So yeah, I honestly, I think there's a lot of good things you can do at flyweight or at least with this kind of flyweight triangle slash title fight up for, for, uh, Shevchenko at 135. Could it could be a four way discussion? What's the four? Well, I don't know if she's I mean, gonna I don't put know Grasso in there. I guess I don't know. Fair. I don't know if she's gonna stay at flyweight or go back to strawweight. But Tatiana Suarez is back. That's true. I think she's still gonna have to take more time though. She's gonna she's gonna make a, a splash. But I don't know if she's gonna stay at twenty five. I hope she stays at twenty five. But I also think she's probably gonna need a little bit more time to kind of break through there. I think Just they're gonna bring couple, her along slower. Couple of fights, but she was she was already there. She she was smashed. She was, but you know they're putting her against, and we'll talk about this later. But she's gonna be fighting uh, Montana De La Rosa in her return fight this coming weekend. De La Rosa is not in the rankings or anything like that. It would it would surprise the heck out of me if they had her go against De La Rosa and then they were like, oh yeah, now you got a number one contender fight. It's been many years since she fought, so. But I understand what you're saying. Like, she's definitely in that mix. I, I think it's kind of hard not to get excited for the potential of, down the road, Aaron Blanchfield against Tatiana Suarez because those look like, and Suarez is not as young as she used to be, but at least two of the almost like future of the division kind of faces that you think of. Her fight with um with Cookie Monster, I forget her name already. Um, <laughs> Carla Esparza. Car- Esparza. <laughs> what for are your so- favorites? For some reason, Fight Pass was broken where they had the fight, like that 24-7 live feed. Okay. And it that just kept on on repeat, that fight. <laughs> I, I that probably, sounds like your nightmare. It was on like for... No, because oh, Suarez, well, yeah, Suarez right. smashed. Right, you do like that one. I, after, around the fifth time, like I maybe now I make, change no, the channel. But don't forget, Carlos Barza won uh, that round on one of the cards. <laughs> one of those rounds that was like a ten eight the other way. Really, I didn't. Yeah, know that. No. yeah, that's what the oh, scorecards okay. say. Anyway, I I have to believe that was an error. Like okay. I really, I it doesn't make any sense for one of it's one of those rounds in that fight was scored for Esparza. When it was, I think it was two 10-8s for Suarez and then a 10-9 for Esparza in the same round. There's no way. There's uh, no way. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've talked about rounds like that where it actually can happen and rounds where I've actually even sort of understood it. But, man, not no, <laughs> no, not this fight. So I have to believe that's an error. It was in Texas. Maybe it was just put down wrong. 
it didn't go to the cards, so it didn't really matter. Maybe they would have checked that and, and made the fix. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, that, it's neither here nor there. The point is, Erin Blanchfield, I, this was really her coming out party for a lot of people. Like She, she was getting slept on mm-hmm. in New York when she was going to fight molly mccann there's a lot of people thinking molly mccann was gonna win that fight i i wouldn't have been surprised if molly had won that fight but that felt i, like I honestly would have been surprised if molly mccann won just that because fight. she has that power striking and we were coming off of the the fight with uh, aldrich where she did not look as impressive blanchfield so i think there was kind of that recency in your head like hey i could see it right but that there's there was there's such a grappling gap there i always favor a grappler maybe it's not the right thing Maybe it's still. I mean, that's your that's your own biases. Two, that's fine. Two thousand six tough thinking. Mm-hmm. Diego Sanchez, you know, re- wrestler versus a uh, striker, and the wrestler always wins. My, that's that's just where my mind goes, and I was like, I, there's no way she's gonna put her on her back and and, and smash. No, I so. can understand that for sure, and obviously the fight played out that way yeah. so it's not it's not like it was unfounded but no, i mean the point that i was trying to make was not that i thought that molly was going to win but that at least i could have seen the potential for it but puncher's if chance you, you're if saying. you were no not even no? puncher's chance it, oh. it was just I, I would say like i'm not a handicapper right but if i was to have put a line on that fight i would have probably said blanchfield somewhere in the minus 180 to minus 200 All right. but i'm not putting molly like so far out of that one you okay. know like I still would have felt like this was Blanchfield's fight to lose, and sure enough, play it out that way. But, but again, the point is that Blanchfield really uh, she showed a different dimension to her game is now growing, and that's really bad news for the women in her weight class because she is firmly a one twenty five. Like that's that's where she is. Yeah, you know? I don't imagine she's going to have a need to go up to one thirty five at any point. She doesn't look like she cuts a dramatic amount of weight. I don't know what she cuts uh, in particular. But I could I could definitely see mm-hmm. her being a factor in this weight class for years to come. Oh yeah, for sure. And she might be one of those girls who's or, or women really who is just at the top for like again not even just in the division but like really among those top fighters whether she's the champion or not for a long long time. So very exciting to see, especially for someone who's local to us. Um, but it's, yeah, it's gonna be. I think the mo- it's gonna be interesting when Casey O'Neill and her. Uh... That'd be an interesting kind fight. Of yeah, I like. Paths, there's so. some. There are some real. I, see, I've been waiting for this. I've been saying this for years that I thought 125 will eventually become the best weight class of the women, mm-hmm. and I think we're starting to see that actually coming to pass. I don't think it's there yet, but I think we're getting there where the talent's really filling in at 125, mm-hmm. the way I kind of thought it might. So I think we're still in the 115. Probably has the best deepest division right now, but I think it's getting really close. And part of it is, you know, it's hard to say because of how far ahead Shevchenko is from the rest of the competition, you know? Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a dominant champion like that, it's really hard to tell. But I think it's sneaking up. So we'll see. But let's move on, though. We have, we have one other fight that we kind of wanted to get into before we get to contested rounds. And it, it, it will kind of lead into contested rounds as well. And that is Jim Miller, our also local fighter. Yeah, great win by Jim. Uh, that's not what happened. Oh, no? No, no. Oh, the, oh. the scorecards read 30-27 twice and 29-28 for Alexander Hernandez. Well, he won in my heart. That's fine. I understand that. Your heart will always belong to Jim Miller. Has he ever replied to your Valentine's Day cards? He replied to me to agree to be on the show that one time. He did. That's true. That's so. true. You did set that one up. Mostly, most of the time when we've ever had guests, yeah. I have been the one who's made that happen. We had another guest that you were trying to book, and it fell through. We'll, we'll leave the name out, but uh, you were 50-50 at least. Yeah. 
Hey, 50 50 is good. Win some, lose some. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. But no, unfortunately for you, sir, it did not go Jim's way on the cards. I will say, though, I was definitely surprised. Do the cards matter, though? I mean, they kind of do because they're oh. the ones that decide, like, wins and losses and money okay. and all that stuff. So they actually matter, <laughs> like, in a tangible real world way, unfortunately. Okay. So, but no, I, I was surprised, though, when the cards came out and it was twice 30, 27, and 29, 28. Now, the way I watched this fight, and I know you, <laughs> you have a very hard time being unbiased with Jim. I understand. When I watched this fight, and I think I can be pretty unbiased, like, I've I've known Jim for 12, 13 years now. I wouldn't say we're close. I've never been to one of the barbecues. I never got uh, beat up in grappling like you did with him. It's it's always been a professional uh, relationship. And yeah, he's local and it's kind of cool. But otherwise, I, I he's just another fighter when it comes down to this, right? So I try to leave my biases out, right? When I'm watching this fight, I thought round one, close round. I thought round two, Hernandez looked good. And I thought round three close but i thought jim miller was able to take it late because of his rear naked choke attack and i thought that was the one that was the highest most impactful moment of the round the most effective moment of the round in the grappling phase because you weigh the grappling and the striking equally right i thought that was the one that kind of put it over i would say in the lead up to that jim probably was not winning on the feet, but I don't think it was by a crazy amount because Jim actually had some pretty high spots. And then obviously there's the light, late flurry from Jim there that at the end, well, not from Jim, from uh, Alexander Hernandez late. I didn't know how much more that changed my opinion of the round. I, I think it was it was something to grade, but I still think it was close enough that it maybe could go either way. But I would have given that to Jimmy. So I was a little surprised when it was when it was those cards. Not that Alexander Hernandez couldn't have won, but I 30-27. Very much surprised me. We watched that fight back together, you and me. And I know you'd watched it again before that as well. So you've seen that fight three times now. Yeah. I, I still feel pretty good about Jim winning that round. Not that I can't see it the third that way, but ah man, all three judges sided that way. It is what it is, you know, but. Well, he almost man. finished him in the first minute with striking. <laughs> he was uh, almost Hernandez is on ice skates, basically. <laughs> and. Uh, is it round three we're talking about? Yeah, round three. Um. At least that's how, I mean, he was, he, I don't know. He almost finished him on the feet and he almost finished him on the ground. That is, uh, I don't agree with that sentiment. <laughs> I would say, I would say he looked like he had a real good, tight, good attack on the ground. It was hard to say how much that was really under the chin and whether that was really just, you know, face compression, that kind of thing, which I wouldn't put past Jim Miller to be able to finish. He didn't, but I think it was good enough that you can score it. It's got this, he's got these things where he locks onto subs that aren't quite there. He does that. But they're almost there. He, he is known to do that. And then just squeezes. Well, he had a squeeze in this, but he he, he had to squeeze. He had 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do whatever, at that point? So. That's that's what you do. Um, To be honest, I was actually surprised how much juice he had left in, in round three because Jim Miller is is I think, typically not a 15-minute, you know, has the energy the entire time fighter. I think He that, burns it a lot early. That's and he on knows Hernandez. It. What's Her on Hernandez? Hernandez for fighting so calculated, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the dude landed like a hundred strikes in the fight. It was pretty good. He landed well and and often, especially often, rounds two and three. Yeah, often. I would say there were a lot of moments that I don't know how badly he hurt Jim Miller most of the time compared to the like. Let's say if you were to take the do the, the totality of the fight, just the striking, and you said, okay, who hurt the hurt each other the most? I would say Jim probably put the number one up there. I think early in that round three. But I think a lot of the top 10 is, is Alexander Hernandez is part of the problem. Mm. And round two, especially round two was really good for, for uh, Hernandez. 
Yeah, I thought it was all right. Jim also was mixing in those those light kicks, I thought, more, which I helped. Thought, I thought round three, the light kicks, he landed like three good ones that got good reactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the reactions, I think, was, was, was really doing it for me. It's obviously more than just reactions. You have to read a lot as a judge, and it's more than... And I've been trained to do realistically. We 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 talk about this and we pass the judging courses, but you and I have never shadow judged in real life and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of things we still don't have in our in our arsenal and our tool belt that we can rely upon. But it did look to me that when Jim would land a good one, sometimes it would really shut down Alexander Hernandez for 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 enough of time that you're like, okay, that did something there, right? I think that's what you're looking for as a judge. In the criteria, it even says, like, okay, what's kind of forcing them to maybe, when you're talking about dominance especially, but, but you know, that's really just when you're looking for one of the Ds. Nonetheless, it's still an important part of it to figure, okay, what is landing from one fighter in the striking department that's leading to the other fighter to maybe have to readjust and reaccount and that kind of thing? And I think we, I saw that from Jim, especially in that third round, more than I felt like was accounted for in the judging. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not in the judges' heads. And we don't know what they think about that those particular sequences, but yeah, I I feel like it's okay to give that third round to Jim. Maybe two other, maybe three other judges who you'd put in there would feel that way, and that's fine. I mean, I I tend to defer to the three cage side when they're all in agreement, especially. I just chalk it up to man, there's something I don't understand or know or didn't see, right? Sure, but let me let me. I, I was gonna save this for when we talk about round one. Yeah, we, and we it's, will. It's but. a disclaimer. I cannot be unbiased here. <laughs> Even watching after, knowing the result, I found myself discounting Hernandez's offense and probably exaggerating Jim's. I'm even arguing with Brandon Fitzgerald on commentary on second and third watch when he's talking about Jim leaking from his nose, even though he clearly has some blood coming from it. I'm like, he's not bleeding. And, <laughs> well, on your, uh, your TV has dark contrast. I had a hard time even telling on your TV. But also, this is a good thing to say. I mean, this is why we disclose these things to the commission. So you can have an unbiased judge fighting this. I would never be able to score a Miller fight fairly. Sure. It's just impossible. Yeah. Even if I was unbiased, I'd probably find myself trying to overcompensate overcompensate for it. And that's unfair to him. Also, Having said that, though, what if there was a scenario, let's say somehow Jim Miller just falls out of the UFC, but he's like, no, nah, I'm going to keep fighting on regional circuit. He ends up on like a CFFC card, right? And they, for some reason, just say, you know what? We're only using three judges tonight. You got to work every fight. I would. Thank I you would. for your, thank you for disclosing. I would. Unfortunately, ex- you will still have to work this fight. And, and these type of things can happen. You disclose it, but in theory, you could still have to work that if there's just not another person. No, maybe, they, maybe they get a referee to do it. I don't know. I would express to them. My deepest how, concerns. How problematic that would be? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's that's all you can do as a and judge. Then, that then it's up to the commission. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also today I watched the Tim Donahue documentary. I actually I watched that yesterday. Yeah. That's so weird because it's not even new. I side with um I side with that guy. I think it was Jimmy. I side with him a little bit. Oh uh, no. Uh, the guy who's yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I side with him in the fact that that Stern Stern was was burying things. That's what. Uh, I would I would concede that it's entirely possible that the NBA, knowing what it knew, was able to do certain things after that point. Having said that, I don't think that there. And we're getting way off topic here. Well, I was on. But I, was I don't saying, think I don't think that there was any sort of manipulation of games on a widespread scale going on from referees in the league. No, 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 no. I I think he's the one who leaked all the info. Oh, I mean that's possible. Come out. We're giving spoilers to a documentary soon. Uh, sorry if we sorry if we ruined this for you it's, guys. It's it's a real life thing. You can read it all in the papers. Yeah, but what if people just wanted to watch the movie? 
it's okay. You're a jerk. Yeah, whatever. You can you uh, can read summaries online. Anyway, the yeah, reason whatever. the reason I brought that up is because for that reason, you got to be fair. Yeah. No, that's true. And I cannot be fair in this fight. Yeah. No. And and, and again, you're right. That's something that absolutely would get disclosed to the commissions. And once it's once the commission knows, that's on them. That was the key thing that it doesn't sound like happened correctly uh, way back with Joe Solis in Houston three years ago. Is it didn't from from uh, from the reporting of our of our good friend Aaron Bronstetter at the time he had not disclosed to the commission these links to Trevin Giles' uh, team. Mm-hmm. And he was still staffed on that fight. And therein lies the problem. He had said something and Texas Commission says, it's all right. We're going to put you on it. That's all he could do. Then you're, 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 the buck is not put on you. You've passed it to the leadership who has then made the decision. Mm-hmm. And that's the right way to do it. So hopefully that has been a lesson for officials as well. Um, one that we learned early on just because that happened. So not that we're real officials. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're just a bunch of Amis. Yeah. Who have passed the course, but nonetheless. For many reasons, you and I are not going to be staffed uh, on a fight all that soon. Yeah. But to get back again to the Miller-Hernandez fight, I, I, just, I just thought round three was the one that kind of surprised me the most. But you know what? Again, could have gone either way. Nothing wrong with the winner being not Jim Miller, even though I had 29-28. That's fine. And there really weren't that many split rounds, even though there were so many heavyweight rounds on this one. Light heavyweight and heavyweight in the middle of that card, which I, I still think was stupid to book it that way. I would much rather have done anything else during those three fights in between the North Jersey crew. Scott, honestly. What? William Knight had a worse performance than Caleb Starnes. I skipped that fight. Oh, don't go watch it. No, I'm not going to. It, it is. I, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that I haven't heard anything about him being cut yet. He just didn't fight. Like, I, I, horrible fight. I would just like to say that rather than watching that fight, I put on NBA All-Star Saturday. Now- I'm a I'm a big All Star Saturday sucker. I like this kind of stuff. But the one part of the uh, festivities that I've never liked is the skills challenge. See, that's the only one I do like. It's the t- and the three point contest. The dunk. So contest you like two go, out of the three can go away. All right. Well, we're not going to get into that one. But I because you and I almost came to blows earlier for that. Uh, <laughs> Mac McClung was awesome. Anyway, um, the skills challenge I think is hot garbage. And I was glad that I watched that instead of that fight. Because I tuned into the uh, the timeline and checked it over. And it was like, oh, it looks like I didn't miss anything. So this is good. I felt good about myself. It was a terrible fight. And it was also a terrible event. So there we go. No, it wasn't. Jim Miller was on it. No, no. I'm talking about the uh, skills challenge. Oh, no. See, I, would, I would probably would have rather watched that. No, no. Well, fine. Whatever. But I mean, it still sucked. Um, just to, And the last, the last part of that was just them chucking up shots and missing from all over the court. It was really trash. Why are they shooting that? No, it's supposed to be passing. Your bounce pass they through cha- the hoop. No, no, no. They you, changed Your chest it. pass through that way. Your dribbling skills. That's what that was. They changed it a little bit. So that's one element, right? They do the obstacle course. That's one thing. Then they do another thing that's like a passing thing. And then they do a third one that's shooting. And they go to different spots on the court. Uh-huh. And, I mean, for the life of them... Nobody who was on the rookie team, which is like the standout rookies, was able to make like more than one. I think they made one shot in one minute. It was pretty hot garbage. Okay. It was really terrible. That's what I'm saying. This was garbage. I'm still glad I watched that instead of this William Knight fight because it sounds like it was just terrible. It was awful. Yeah. Um, Stop putting light heavyweight and heavyweight, like unranked guys, like all over main cards. The UFC's got to cut this crap out. And for God's sake, if they were going to put one on, they should have put Ovin St. Preux 
against Felipe Lenz. Yeah, why, why Even they, before why that, they, I was like, this should be on, why this should be on the main yeah. I don't understand. It made no sense to me. I thought that was really, really stupid and a total miscalculation. And it would have worked out better. A in, lot you know, better. Hindsight, it looks even better. But even before, I was just like, why not? I don't understand. I think we're done, though, with that. I think we can just talk about the fact that, once again, there were 20 rounds scored overall, 16 of them unanimous, 80% uh, unanimity rating there. There were no 10-8s on this card whatsoever. Not even one. And honestly, not really much of a case for one. See, that's where I... Well, the, that night fight. Oh, with, is there one Brachnio, in there, maybe? There's no. There's, I don't think there is a 10-8 case. Okay. Although one person on MMA Decisions scored it at 10-8 for each round. <laughs> but I think they weighed too heavy into the fact uh, or the portion of the criteria that says if the other fighter does absolutely nothing, uh -huh. they probably weighed too heavily into that. Yeah, not a lot of judges are actually so, going to go there for that particular type of, especially if no one else is saying that. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. So I'm curious now who that was. But but nonetheless, I think it was you know, it was a good night in terms of the judges being uh, on the same page. I thought there were some fights that were pretty tough to judge. They were close fights. Evan Elder uh against uh good i'm gonna butcher his name uh the guy out of, out of the uh ray longo camp yeah what was his name evan elder no well evan elder was the one he was on the other side oh sadikov sadikov thank you yeah. um yeah sadikov got the win i thought any of those rounds any of those first two rounds could have gone either way and it ended up being two rounds to none for evan elder yeah i, had, I, I think, thought was impressive that yeah. they all ended up on the same page i there. was on that side too so i had a split you can, I, lump, I had, you can I, lump me into that impressiveness yeah well yeah no. Thank you. <laughs> but let's get to contested rounds. Let's talk about those four rounds. And and we will start with round one of Hernandez and Miller, which, once again, 230, 27s, 29-28 were split on this particular round, uh, with the majority seeing this for Hernandez anyway. What happened in this round, sir? All right. First round. I gave you guys the spiel before. This is how I see it. <laughs> I'll, I think, I'll try to interject if I think so. I think I think Miller slanted. landed the better shots. I thought he built up a decent lead in the first half of the round. Then Hernandez closes the gap in the second half of the round, and I just don't think he surpasses what Jim did. I think Jim got the bigger reactions when he landed. It is a close round, but when Jim lands, it's more noticeable. I feel Hernandez isn't returning right away. Jim's never getting hit without throwing back most of the time. I think it's a Miller round. I think you probably set that up about right. I, again, I do think this round is very close, though. I, I, It's absolutely, totally, and wholly reasonable to give this round to Alexander Hernandez. I do, for all the reasons you said, more or less, see it Jim's way. But again, it was it was quite close. So I'm not surprised, number one, that this was split. Uh, and, and number two, that, well, I guess just number one. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's probably all I had. So yeah, I saw this way, the same way as Derek Cleary. On this round, it was uh, judges Eric Cologne and Rick Winter who saw this one for uh, Hernandez. So what does that mean for uh, for Judge Cleary? We saw it his way. It, if, is this an official one? Why not? All right, fine. Couch out over. <laughs> I can't take it away from. I'm not. Cleary. I don't want to take it away, but also, what's my score? No, no, no. I think so. I think it's fair. I think it's absolutely fair. You're admitting your bias. You've put it out there. It also doesn't mean anything. All right, fair. We can still send the thing. Congrats, in the mail. Derek. Yeah, yeah. It's, we'll still send it out in the mail. Yeah. I, I hope it makes its <laughs> way to Georgia. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was really. I think we've kind of ad nauseum that fight way too much. I don't think we have to go too much into it, but we will talk. We're going to go round ourselves back to Aaron Blanchfield's win over Jessica Andrade. Again, round two submission via rear naked choke. But round one, very competitive round, split round. What happened? So this was a very competitive fight. 
a very competitive round, I should say. Um, both landed good, good sh- overall. Sure. Both landed good shots upstairs. They were they were they were snapping each other's heads back. I think on the whole, Blanchfield was a little bit better. Had a bit more. Uh, I don't want to say consistent, but I thought she landed hard. But I do think Andrade had a couple shots in there that landed harder, just not as many as Blanchfield. I think Blanchfield uh, edges are on the striking a little bit there on the whole. Very, very close round. 10-9 Blanchfield. See, it's funny. This this round, in a lot of ways, like from a, from a, a big picture, reminded me of Hernandez and Miller round one as well, in that it was competitive. One of the fighters built up a little bit of a better lead early. And then later on, one of them kind of closed the gap a little bit more. In this way, it was Blanchfield who built the lead, and Andrade kind of started to see more success later in the round. But the difference that I saw was that I thought Andrade was the one who was landing with a little more pop, a little bit more effectiveness in her strikes. And I thought she was landing to all the different areas as well. And I think you have to account for that. I think she was doing good work in trying to set up the body and the legs and that kind of thing. She, yeah, she, she, was, put, she was investing in there. Yeah, especially the legs. Um, I, I thought she was really investing in there, and I thought it was effective, and I thought she was landing upstairs with just a little bit more effectiveness, but really close. I, I had no problem with it going to Blanchfield. I saw it for Andrade. Uh, may put my score up on, on the uh, the broadcast, and I got a bunch of people that are like, oh, yeah, I hope Scott Fontana eats a, you know, <laughs> you know, not going to say it on the show, but I, I, it was impolite, I thought, just a little impolite. Like, my kid reads my Twitter. No, he doesn't. Well, social media wasn't built for politeness, apparently. Yes, it was. was. Apparently, it was. Yes, it was. Al Gore envisioned it a long time ago as a polite area where everybody would just speak kindly to one another. Is that the thing, Al Gore? He he invented the internet? He invented the internet, yeah. Apparently. (laughs) Supposedly, I don't want to get into deep into it. Supposedly, there's, there's... like a minor truth to it, but it's not really true. Okay. Like he had something to do with I a modern was... version of it. But I... the internet has like it's like got origins in like yeah, it's super old. Right? It's super old. We're not gonna get deep into the weeds on that one. But to get back to this fight in particular, this round, I, I thought it was close. I think it's okay to go either way. I think it's defensible either way. I saw it for Andrage. I feel good about it, but at the same time, it's fine to go either way. Yeah, no problem with you going that way. Yeah, I'm good. It's a super close round. So. And you saw it the same way as Saldamato and Janitro Camillo. I saw it like Mike Bell did. Um, so, you know, if, if I was told to go eat a you-know-what, then I guess that goes for Mike Bell as well, unfortunately. <laughs> we can skip that. Um, I will choose to instead have an actual, like, ball game hot dog, like a, like a regular one of those. So I, I like I like when, when the tweets come in mm-hmm. and it's opposite. Of what the commentary is saying. Yeah, yeah. Because it kind of brings them back to a level. I think they do that on bit. purpose. So, I think they do that on purpose. And I don't know if it's because of what you're saying, like where no. they're trying to level it out and kind of bring in an extra mix. Or if they're just like, hey, look at these efforts. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna screw them. <laughs> I think Zach Candido on the UFC production yeah. team is like, yeah, I'm going to put his tweet up there to see how much how much time we can, uh, we can have with his, this there guy's was, life. Because there, there was one sequence... There was one sequence they didn't give Andrade any credit for. Um, she's blacking Blanchfield down, just winging lefts, and she's hitting her with each one of them mm-hmm. as Blanchfield's like just retreating backwards, and they gave her almost zero credit for it on the commentary. Let me ask you this before we so, move on from this fight, because I, I, I'm curious if you would agree with me. I think there was the expectancy bias in this fight, because we did not expect Aaron Blanchfield to be so competitive on the feet with Jessica Andrade. 
And yes, she completely was. And I think that's one of those things where it starts to bleed into not just the commentary, but especially yeah. people, people watching at home. They think they know what the way one thing's going. They're surprised and they're like, wow, look at that. She definitely won the round. Yeah. I I feel like there's at least a portion of that. They have, yeah, that's and I'm not saying the judges necessarily did that. No, Sal D'Amato and Janitra Cormigio are, are two of the most uh, impressive judges that we have in the entire world. Uh, I, I have all the faith in the world for them to be able to block out that kind of thing based on their experience. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, I don't think everyone else feels that way. No, that's true. So I I, that's so. that's where I think there's there's a little bit of that. But again, and, and you don't even think that. I, I don't think that that's how you approached it. I think you no, just, I, I think you saw a close round for Blanchfield and it's entirely defensible. Honestly, and I see it that way too, but I just went the other way. Honestly, I, I was like, why is everyone on Andrade? Kind of, that's what I was kind of like. Really? I, 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 I kind of felt it was a much more even matchup. But the but the odds than... reflected that. The the line was really close. Originally when it opened? No, no. But by the end, okay. Aaron Blanchfield was like almost even money. Okay, so all the money probably came in on her. I think they saw so... a lot, yeah. I'm still surprised it went that way, though. I, I really... I ha- I guess I have a very high opinion of Jessica Andrade. I just I mm. I think I really thought coming into this one that realistically she's somebody who could go in there and I don't know that she would beat Valentina Shevchenko because we saw that fight and I don't I don't really see enough from her that would change the way that would go. But I saw her as kind of that like she might just be like the Joseph Benavidez who's like the next best person by like not even a clear margin but like like a, she's definitely the the next best person. And obviously that's not the case. Hmm. All right. But that's all. Well, I, I, I didn't want to, I had nothing more to add to that fight. Do you? No, all right. I'm good. Now let's talk about these other two fights on the main card. Because there were no prelim fights to talk about as far as contested rounds. No, there wasn't. We made it through the whole prelims without it. I almost texted you like, let's not jinx it. But I didn't do that. We didn't, we didn't text each other till after the scorecards of Jim. Is that right? Red. That's when you text me. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did say wow. Yeah, because I was surprised. Again, I was yeah. super surprised at the, the cards that w- went that way. Uh, but anyway, let's let's talk about these other two rounds from the main card and those fights that I didn't feel like watching. But eventually, I had to go back and actually watch Jamal Pose and and Josh Parisian. I did watch live Zach Paunga and Jordan Paunga. Paunga. There's an N somewhere apparently. No, no. Yeah, I, I'm. So. My understanding is that is how it's pronounced. Yeah. But let's talk about that Paunga fight first. It, it was thirty twenty seven twice and a twenty nine twenty eight for Paunga. Um, Jordan Wright. Basically just smiled the whole time and didn't do anything. He was, That's how I saw it. He was but round smiling. two, round two is at least a round we, we're going to talk about here. So what, because it was split. So what's happening around? So I, it's a pretty close round. It doesn't appear to be a close round, um, meaning it's a sneaky close round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pounga lands a good right at distance before he's able to close the gap and resume the clinch against the fence strategy, which he did the entire first round before splitting open. Uh, Wright's head. Yeah, he did almost nothing that in that was... first round, and then he actually started landing the elbows. I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually like some good offense. Yeah, so, I'll give him that. So Wright's stuck on the fence, and he's throwing a ton of these pitter patter shots. At least that's how they they feel like they are on TV. Just they sure stay look busy. like it. Yeah. Um, and Paunga is throwing some decent knees to the body, just not that many of them. Uh, it's really just a lack of volume from Paunga that's keeping it close. I think. Uh, he finally lets a couple of good elbows go. Uh, most are probably partially blocked, but still getting through. Uh, right lands a couple of these Travis Brown elbows when Paunga actually does drop down to go for a takedown. Um, he immediately comes right back up. Uh, I don't think this is enough. I think it's a Paunga round for me, but I, I, I do get the argument, and, it, and it's kind of closer than it would appear to be. So, 10-9 Paunga. I don't really have much to add 
to that other than one, I agree with you. And number two, I did kind of see this one as a little more clear for Paunga watching it live. I did not take the time to go back and watch it, but I do trust your judgment in that sense that there are, you know, it can be deceptive. There's argument there for sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'll, I'm just going to take your word for that one to be perfectly honest. I just didn't, Mm -hmm. I have no urge to go back and watch this fight either. I I, I just don't. Outside of the elbow that, that split him open. That's really it. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, nonetheless, no one would come away from this fight thinking, oh, maybe Wright got the decision. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. It's, well, it's Wright had his round. hand raised. He was like, yeah, I won that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it must a... be nice to live in that world. Yeah. That wasn't a great, great fight. It was good for Pounga. He did what he wanted to I do. I thought Pounga, but... yeah. Pounga established what he wanted to do, and he was able to effectively do that for the majority of 15 minutes. It wasn't not always pretty. Um, and he failed in doing the thing that I expect all light heavyweight and especially heavyweight fighters to do, which is to finish in five minutes. Um, did not do that. You didn't. You didn't always have two oh fivers in that. No, I regard, didn't. But they so. started to do the oh, more. Okay. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's really the unranked ones. Okay, that's the problem. Once you get the ranked guys in, it's like okay, there might be a difference in there. But mm-hmm. like, if you had said to me, you've got to put three fights on here that are gonna go the distance. And they're not going to make you feel happy about your time spent watching them. And you have to do it or we're going to murder you. I'm picking these three fights. Okay. And I would have won. Yeah, and I would not have been murdered. I would still be able to do this show again. Because if I was murdered, we couldn't do the show anymore. That's true. So this scenario obviously is fictitious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in case you weren't sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, dumb, dumb fights. But we'll talk about one more of them, which is Jamal Pose uh, got the win over Josh Parisian. Again, that fight I did not watch until I had to go back and watch that round. So I was watching the <laughs> NBA All Star Weekend, which was much better. Uh, by this point, it was a different it was a different phase of it. I think it was the three point contest, so I felt better use of my time. Okay, uh, that was good. Uh, which Damian Lillard won, by the way. I know, I knew that one. Uh, Dame Dollar. Uh, round two is what we're going to be talking about here because again, thirty twenty seven twice and twenty nine twenty eight. It all, all but the Blanchfield fight that we're talked about here were thirty twenty seven twice and a twenty nine twenty eight. Round two, again, just like the last fight we talked about, is split. So what's happening in round two? Uh, classic heavyweight MMA slog fest here. Uh, a couple yeah. of, couple of one-punch exchanges uh, before Pogues gets a big takedown. That was a good takedown. Um, but Parisian, yeah, I like that one. Parisian immediately threatens a Kimura and uses it to stand up and prevent Pogues from landing any offense. He even, couldn't even throw anything. But as soon as they're back on the feet, Pogues is still attached. He gets a quick trip. They're back on the ground. But... Pogues doesn't do anything until Parisian works his way back up, kind of like leaning against the fence. He lands one good shot there, maybe two. Um, Parisian doesn't come alive until the final minute where he starts landing his solid offense. He he has a couple of good flurries in this final minute, and uh, it's a close round, but I think that final minute was probably the most effective minute in the round for either fighter. So Parisian 10-9. Yeah, I got nothing to add. I had the same way. And for the same reason. So it was you, me, and uh, and Mike Bell. We uh, we went the other way from Janitro Cremijo and Tony Weeks. So what does that mean uh, for Judge Bell? Couchside over. Because he's because he's Bell. Should I do a ding 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 ding? No, I, sh- I shouldn't change it. it. Should be it should be one size fits all. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll keep it that way. Ding 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 ding. You can. Do it that. doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. It, it does doesn't not. Work. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I like actively no. don't like it now that I hear it. So let's never think about that again. <laughs> but uh, but that was it for the contested rounds. Again, we only have four of them. Um, shout out, by the way, before I forget, to uh, 
Laura Sanko, who's been on the broadcast now yeah, two times, in, the last two times they've been in the Apex, because she will talk about the criteria in an intelligent way, and we will always appreciate that. So absolutely, keep fighting the good fight, Laura. But that that is, again, once again, that was it for the contested rounds. We had six finishes because the prelims were actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, prelims on, on the whole. Um, there's a lot of fighters that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say should be on the UFC roster, but all the same, some good fights. And I like the finishes two TKO or KO submission uh, and four by submission. Again, what this trend of more subs than than strike based finishes is stunning. I think it's happened three events in a row. Am I right? Well, I like it. I'm I'm good with it. I'm just surprised. It, it goes against all the uh, all the metrics. Throw the metrics out. I guess so. Who needs data? Choke out the metrics. Numbers suck. <laughs> anyway, two two finishes in the first round. Did you have a what was one of your favorite finishes? A first round or, or a different one? A sec, a second round. Second round. What you yeah. got? Bueno Silva knee barring Lena Landsberg. Myra Bueno Silva. Get her name out there. I said Bueno Silva. She got a first name. Okay, Mayra Bueno Silva <laughs> knee barring Lena Landsberg. Bueno. That's what I just said. I'm just saying good. Oh, what? Bueno means good. Muy bien. <laughs> <laughs> that means very good. Wait, bueno does mean good, right? Did I mess that up? I, I don't know. I've been more in right. the Italian uh, lately. Uh, maybe it's good in Italian. So I was taking, I'm taking the Italian. That's not in... Here's that's... one thing. It wasn't cosi cosi. It was muy bien. I see, I see. So, that means so-so. That yeah. doesn't mean I see. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Great setup. She was on. She was on top. And her shoulder pressure was fantastic. Uh, that was like a, Lena Landsberg couldn't look the other way at all, even if she wanted to. But they they get up and and she rolls to the knee bar and it was a quick tap. So solid technique. I like. I loved it. I did. It felt like watching in slow motion though, as she's kind of pulling that knee through. It's kind of like it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. You might want to tap now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she she's like, all right, yeah, you got me. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, that was a good one though. I mean, but, but God, for God's sakes, Lena, get away. Yeah. What are you doing? It was kind of like waiting for it to get in there. Uh, yeah. She had to move away from that, though. Why, why would you get back in there? Mm-hmm. Anyway, great finish, yeah. though. Super awesome finish. I, I also liked uh, Bueno Silva at the end. She was like, why not give me a title shot? Why not? Yeah, why not? It's, it's, it's like, it's a good. you're putting the onus on us to figure out why not. Honestly, at 300, if it's not Jim versus Islam, I'm, I'm you know, boycotting. So. He what? deserves a title shot too. How did we get back to Jim Miller on this? Because you reminded me that about the title shot. All right. And Jim deserves a title shot at three hundred. So uh, it's not gonna happen. It should though. He should have won this fight. Why not? Why not? Because <laughs> he's not winning. In your eyes. <laughs> what was your favorite finish? My favorite finish was actually that fight that we were talking about earlier that I thought should have been on the main card, and that was Felipe Linz starching. Ovin St. Prue in 49 seconds, uh, doing exactly what you're supposed to do when you weigh 205 pounds or more, ending it quickly, giving me something fun to watch, and then we move on. Did OSP throw a single strike? I don't know that he did. <laughs> he, just uh, got, he just got swarmed and just battered. I mean, sometimes that happens. It's just 49. <laughs> what can happen in 49 seconds? Sometimes people are feeling it. After, and he's he's he likes it a little bit more lackadaisical pace, too. So yeah. for th- for that to happen, I'm not really surprised. St. Prue's getting quite long in the tooth, though, so I'm not... It's not too surprising that he's starting to, to to wear it now a little bit more in there. I don't know if we'll see too many more fights from him at this point. I'm not I'm not saying the UFC should necessarily cut him. I bet you he can still compete, but you know what what more are you getting in there for at this point? I I hope I hope Saint Prue is uh, able to find a, a a dignified exit at one point or another. Yeah, but that was it for UFC Vegas '69. Mm. <laughs> you mean UFC Miller '41? <laughs>
that was that's a better way to distinguish it actually i like that one. uh but that's it yeah that's it we can look forward now to two events coming this weekend it's a bellator and ufc double threat both on saturday mm-hmm. bellator is overseas in ireland for this one ufc is at the apex again uh, but Bellator being overseas, they will have their main card at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So it will at least co- get off. It's going to start about the same time as the prelims probably start with the UFC. But yeah, I, I mean, I know what I'll be watching. I would much rather watch the uh, UFC, uh, the Bellator main card, especially for their main event. The main event's really, <laughs> honestly, that might be the only attractive for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's not it's a bad card. It's just the one fight that I think everyone is looking forward to is... Yaroslav Amosov returning to unify the 170-pound title with Logan Storley, the interim champ. Nah, I don't think I've seen the first fight. What do you mean the first fight? They fought already. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm blanking. It is 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, if I recall, it was a good fight. Okay. If I'm thinking of the right fight. Um, but it, it's, it's late. <laughs> Hopefully, it's at least better than Logan Storley against uh, MVP. That, that sucked. That's the one. That's the only that recollection the genesis, I have. That's the genesis of the of, uh, the Storley knees that yeah, you like to mention. That's the only, the only really time I I know of Logan Storley fighting. So I'm hopeful this will be. I mean, got to be better than that fight. But I think it'll be a solid fight. I'm looking forward to that one very much. I don't know who's gonna be judging it. My my guess is it was going. It'll be some combination of you know those top UK judges that that come over, uh, as well as the judges that are often working at Mohican Sun. That's typically what okay. we see when Bellator goes to Ireland. It's kind of a mix of that. There'll probably be some local Irish judges as well. We've seen that as well. So um there's a lot of fights on this card. It's there's like 18 of them. So I, I like that you put down there's 18 fights, WTF, probably 12 post slips. Well yeah it's right. Yeah. The the well the prelims start at eleven thirty AM. I don't know if they're hopeful. Maybe they will get them all yeah. there. Who knows? But what they'll do is they're going to just rattle them off. They're, they're not going to spend their right, the, the, the YouTube prelims just putting in a bunch of video packages and stuff. They will at least keep the fights moving along, and if they need to stop, then they just stop and resume later, which is the way I like it done. Me too. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one of the worst things that could have happened was they started putting all the fights on main TV for UFC. I liked when they added the Facebook prelims. Remember way back when they put yeah. the prelims on Facebook? Because there was a time where you couldn't watch the live prelims you had to watch if they if they had to fill in the gaps of time you know like okay there was an early finish on the pay-per-view main card we'll show you something that happened earlier in the night they didn't get a chance to see and they would used to they used to fill in the times that way and i loved that but also when they added the facebook prelims it was another way that you could say at least you could watch every single fight and they would still take those fights and put them on the main broadcast if they needed to I thought that was perfect. I think I th- that was the sweet spot. Yeah. And we've lost that because now everything's on TV and now they got to fill the time with promotional stuff. Well, and that's it throws off the pace. It makes the night feel long and it sucks. They're on a hard schedule. They are. That's why. It's different. Um, that's why I would like that more. Belt, belt, you know, let's start, let's start the prelims at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. If we have an, in- if we have to have an hour intermission between because the fights ended so fast. I think that's better than having to have watch an people hour is watch tough. four fights after the main event. <laughs> an hour is really tough because you got to factor in the live crowd. What is that live crowd that's bored going to do for an hour when they've they're been drinking? They're going to get hammered. They're, and they're going and it's to gonna fight. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a bloodbath in there. That crowd would be hot. 
I I just don't think that <laughs> I think an hour is tough. If they can manage to get to like 20 minutes, I think they can manage to say, okay, 20 minutes, everyone go get water, everyone go get beer, everyone go to the bathroom, come back, we got live fights for you, and you get back. I feel or, like that's like a good amount of time. Or any you, more than that is getting tricky. Or if they're like, okay, we're definitely having post limbs, but we got 40 minutes until the main card starts. You should do another fight then. Yes, absolutely. So I, I agree. There. They didn't do that last time. No, that's, CBS, that is so. true. We'll, we'll see what they do here. Um, but obviously, again, they're not the only show on Saturday. They do have the UFC card, 7 p.m. main card for that one. And it's headlined by Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann. I, I like this fight at 205. It's just, I don't know. It just feels like just another UFC fight night main event. I thought at least the one we just had, as much as everyone was kind of bagging on the card, I thought even take Jimmy out of the equation, take Miller out of the equation. I'm talking about the main event of this one. I thought at least looked really interesting on paper. Well, you well, it had uh, that. The original main event too was was very intriguing. Well, they, yeah, Marlon Chiovera and and Corey and then, Sanhagen uh, got moved forward so they could put it on uh, in front of live fans, which again we I think mm-hmm. we talked about last week. But even still, this fight. Is a it was a it's like a good interesting main event right here. Krilov and Span it, it really is like just another two hundred five pound like we we sort of know these names we've seen them before. Let's put it on on a headliner because you might know them. I mean Krilov's six, Span's eight. So oh rankings. I was yeah, like, what? He's so... not he's not six years old. He's older than that. It's two top ten guys going. Yes, but so... like it's just another like which what's going to happen to the winner. Does the winner just all of a sudden go fight for the title? No, they're not even close. If if Nikita Krylov wins this fight, he is at least minimum two fights away from a title shot, like bare minimum. All right, that's fine. No, that's what. But like that's there's no stakes. I don't know. It's just not interesting. I do. I I think there's more stakes than there's stakes here for these guys. I legitimately am more interested, and I think a lot of people feel this way in Tatiana Suarez's return. Oh, me too. Yeah. Which I, I think this is the most attractive fight here. I get that you can't put this as a main event. Oh, no, no. Especially for the fact that we haven't seen Tatiana Suarez make it to the cage in several years. They're not going to do that. I understand. And, you know, it's not like Montana De La Rosa is any sort of name recognition from a headlining standpoint. But this is easily the biggest attraction for me because I'm very fascinated to see how she does uh, returning to the cage. And it's just great that she's gotten back. Like, she had overcome a lot uh, in, in her life and also in recent years. Right. So, but yeah, now this was, yeah, this is the, I'm most interested in, but I think the best fight is, is Brendan Allen and Andre Muniz. I agree. I think that's all Tatiana Suarez has the potential to just destroy Montana De La Rosa. Mm -hmm. I think Muniz and Allen, that's a really fun fight. I do think that Muniz at this point has earned a fight up in the rankings as opposed to fighting down with Brendan Allen. I think Brendan Allen's earned a fight with like somebody good, but I think maybe this wasn't the best booking, but nonetheless will still end up being a fun fight. I like this fight. I'm more interested in this than Krillov and Span. I'm not to say that I don't think Krillov and Span is going to be an interesting fight. I think it's as far as light heavyweight fights go, I I like it, but I don't know. It's it's not a headliner. I'm not, I'm saying it's not a headliner. There's no headliner on this card. I feel they do that with these, uh, with the apex cards but they do absolutely but again we're coming off of one where i thought the, the card itself was weak but at least the headliner was strong here yeah. it's it's kind of the it's almost the opposite there's actually some fights here that i like but that the headliner really it, there just isn't one it's just there's a fight <laughs> that's going to happen last and that's it and we're going to make that five rounds well at least it starts at seven o'clock and it's over at 10 sure so yeah that's true and i do like the od osborne against uh charles johnson energy uh, that fight's at 130 it's a catch weight 
Is I think a, I think uh, I think uh, Johnson came into this one on late notice, so they said, "Okay, we can make that at one thirty. Okay, but I, to my knowledge, this might be the UFC's first one hundred thirty pound fight. It's definitely one thirty. That's what I. That's what I had read. Okay, interesting. So we'll see. Well, yeah, yeah, because Dennis Bonder uh, dropped out of who Ode was going to fight. So and I like Odie Osborne anyway. So I was interested in in him regardless, but him and Charles Johnson, I think, is, has a lot of potential to be a really fun fight. Yeah, it so should like be that. good. Yeah, there's some good fights on this one. Again, it's just, it's like, it's a collection of fights that I think if they had somehow combined the previous, like this event and last week's event and kind of redistributed the fights, you probably mm-hmm. could have found a way to get two headliners in here. What do you think of Augusto Sakai and Dante Mays? Um... Let's hope it ends in five. Let's hope it ends in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Sakai, honestly, a lot of his fights just aren't very interesting to me. Dante mm-hmm. Mays is kind of weird, too. Sometimes he, he, he got be... that late sub right over Gio, um, what's his name, from Longo's camp with that Ezekiel type thing from, from the bottom. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. I think that's um, what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, I no. <laughs> the short answer is no, I'm not. Oh, no, it wasn't even him. Never mind. I was thinking of someone else. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't even him. Well, nonetheless. Yeah. The answer is no. I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. No no disrespect. I hope he can make a good living, but I, I'm just not interested in watching that fight. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Monday. We'll break down... Uh, Some fights? At least main main card of Bellator in the UFC. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll have to figure out, I guess, how we do it, but I think there's probably enough... For the UFC full card and the Bellator main card. That's what I would yeah, think. Yeah, we got 31 we're, fights we're, yeah, scheduled right now. We're not doing all of those, but damn sure. <laughs> we'll see what we end up with. Yeah, thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.